You are listening to the Gateway Church in Spring Lake, Michigan. To learn more, visit us at thegatewaygh.com. How many know we need the Holy Spirit's help, right? We need it, right? And thank goodness we are in a series about the Holy Spirit. And we have been really enjoying this series called Discover the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's the advocate, the one who comes alongside of us. Amen? And we've been talking about who is the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? When does the Holy Spirit show up? And when that happens, what does the Holy Spirit do? What happens when he shows up? And last week, it was Pentecost Sunday, and many of you were here, I know, and we had a guest, Dr. Brian Ledbeck, and we talked about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We talked about being filled with the Holy Spirit. We looked at Acts chapter 2, and it was awesome. How many of you believe, you were here, it was awesome. God was moving. People were filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time this last week, and it was great. There were others that were refilled with the Holy Spirit. And I was thinking, it was awesome unless you are unfamiliar with the moving of the Holy Spirit. And so we want to pause here for a moment and give some... um, Give some feedback from last week. Last week, we were praying for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And, and that happened uh, over this last week and on our discovery night on Wednesday night. And, and that's incredible. And we would encourage you to be seeking this gift, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Also last week, we experienced some things at the altar where people were like falling out or some people call it being slain in the spirit. And you may have been watching that and like saying, what's going on? And what I want you to know is that when that happens, that kind of thing happens, there's a yielding to the Holy Spirit by the person that's being affected. It's not that that person is out of control. It's not that those people have been forced or manipulated. There's not like this hypnosis or auto-suggestion, so to speak, and it's certainly not demonic. And there are some examples in Scripture. I want to give you one in 2 Chronicles chapter 5. The Ark of the Covenant was coming in. They were bringing it back into the temple. And the the trumpeteers and the the musicians and the singers were singing. And it says in the scripture that the Holy Spirit, that God filled the temple. The Holy Spirit filled the temple. And then it says this, that the priests could not perform their services because the presence of God was so strong. And I can imagine that the presence of God was so strong, there was a yielding. My guess is that they were on their face before the Lord. And, and they, they may have been slain in the Spirit in a case like that. And we explain that because we want you to know that those things are not scary. If you're watching it from a distance, it's not forced, it's not manipulated. It's the presence of God, so real, saying, man, I, I can't even take it. And, and you let yourself go. You, you say, Pastor, has that ever happened to you? And someone did ask me that uh, this last week. And yes, it's happened one time. It was incredible. And I was in the back of a service uh, uh, when I was uh, a little younger, and I was in the back. No one was even praying for me. And all of a sudden, I let myself kind of go, and I kind of fell out in the Spirit. And it was beautiful. The presence of God was there. And it was, it was incredible. The Lord spoke to me. And it was a beautiful thing. And, uh, and so it's not something we have to be afraid of. And certainly, if you ever came forward and got prayed for, you're saying, well, I'm not going up. I don't want to be falling down. Uh, that kind of thing. It's No one's going to force you to do those types of things. Now, we, we kind of circled back just to bring some understanding there. Uh, but in this series, we've been saying we want to discover the Holy Spirit. We want a fresh touch from God, amen, to experience a new thing. And so we've created room, and we want to learn and understand, and we want to honor the Holy Spirit. And my goal for you is that there would be this awakening that we could build a case for the Holy Spirit to be active in your life. That the Holy Spirit would be making a difference. And my prayer has been this. Lord, help us to attract and cultivate an atmosphere that attracts 
the presence of God. And I'm just declaring that here at the Gateway Church, we are moving into a new season, a deeper season with new power. We're going to a new level. It's a new day at the Gateway Church where the Holy Spirit's effectiveness is going to be used in a greater fashion. And the reason that would be the case is because of God's absolute passion for us to reach one more. It all comes back to our mission and what God has called us to do, to reach one more. And so two weeks ago, we, uh, we were in the series, and we took a break with the baptism of the Holy Spirit on, on Pentecost. But let's go back two weeks ago, if you were here. We began to discover the nine spiritual gifts that were listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And if you were here with us, we talked about those gifts, at, uh, and we said that they're often called the manifestation gifts. They're, they're the kind of outward gifts, spiritual gifts. And we split those into three categories. The first category are the revelation gifts, where we see the word of wisdom and the words of knowledge and the discerning of spirits. And then the second category is the power gifts. Everyone say power gifts, right? The power gifts are gifts of, heal, or of healing and faith and miraculous powers. And then there's the inspirational gifts, which is the gift of tongues, interpretation of tongues, and the gift of prophecy. Again, these are gifts that are given to the church, to the body, to help build up the church, to be useful in our day-to-day, and they're used to be a witness. And the reason we're studying these nine gifts of the Holy Spirit is because it answers the question, what does the Holy Spirit do? We need to know so we can participate and we can cooperate. And I love what, it, what Tim Enlow has done in his book. And by the way, um, we gave away uh, a ton of copies last week. We were sold out, so to speak. They weren't sell, sold, but we ordered uh, a bunch of books. Uh, someone blessed us with these. And then we ordered more on Monday, this past Monday. And we didn't call and confirm and say, hey, we need them by Sunday. And so it was just normal shipping. And so they're... They didn't arrive. I should have done that. Like the previous week, we were able to get them by the next Sunday. But long story short, in this book, uh, Tim Enlow, let's go to the next slide, talks about our ability versus God's ability. And, uh, and, and by the way, if you're still interested in this book, there are uh, sign-up sheets on the back. And when those new ones come in, we'll make sure that you get a copy and so you can sign up. But Tim Enlow in his book, he talks about our human ability, our human nature, our, our wisdom, our skill our awareness can only go so far. There's this, there's this ceiling of the natural realm that we can only take it so far. Then above that is God's ability, which is limitless, right? God can do anything. He can speak to us. He can help us, right? And it's supernatural. It's supernatural awareness. And then what the Holy Spirit does is he takes God's ability and he breaks through that natural realm and brings heaven to earth and helps us in our day-to-day. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit helps us to build a church, to be a witness, bringing heaven to earth. Now, last time we met, we talked about the power gifts. The power gifts, the faith and healing and miracles. And these are supernatural gifts. And we gave some examples in scriptures and we talked about some practical stories. And we said, if you're going to exercise in these gifts, you better make sure you get it 100% right. That's what we said, right? No, right. We said, look, you're never going to get it 100% right. And so you got to practice it. And you gotta, you got, this is a safe place where we can try out the gifts of the Spirit. And we say, and we want to use those gifts with humility. And we bring those things before the Lord. And I want you to know, this is a safe place to explore the gifts. And we want to grow in our recognizing of the Holy Spirit's leading. And we said last week that there's never 100% intellectual certainty, like what I'm saying or what I'm going to do. It it doesn't always make sense intellectually. And often it's a still, small voice that's speaking. And we want to be listening and then to be confident in what God's doing. 
And it all comes with our intimacy with the Lord. We want to grow in our depth with the Lord, what he wants to do. And the power gifts are fun. They're exciting. We had a good time a couple weeks ago talking about those. The power gifts are super helpful. And, uh, in our, and I would call them the wow gifts. Everyone say the wow gifts. Well, today, the Holy Spirit, I want you to know, is more than just power. Yeah, there's these wow gifts, these supernatural power gifts. And when Acts 1.8 says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, it's absolutely true. And when we think about power, I often think of like things like a waterfall that generates, you can kind of harness the power and light a whole, you know, a whole, you know, cities. Or wind, you know, with the power of windmills, you can kind of capture that power. Or nuclear, you know, you can kind of use, you know, substances and it can go uh, in power cities. But we don't worship things that just create power, do we? And the Holy Spirit is not just power. It's important for you to know. The Holy Spirit is a person. He has a personality. You say, how do you know he's got a personality? Well, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit can be grieved. That the Holy Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit is all-knowing, and he knows the end from the beginning. And, get this, the Holy Spirit reveals things to us. He's a person. And when we talk about revealing things to us, I want to talk about that first set of three, the revelation gifts. And the revelation gifts, in regards to our ability, we have limited revelation. We can only know what's happened in the past and what's happening in our current, present situation. Isn't that the truth? But when you look at God's ability and what he has to reveal, he breaks through and he has unlimited revelation. And so if we can tap into God's glory, God's help, it will help us, no doubt. I want you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, we want to read a couple verses to kind of set our hearts before this when we talk about the revelation gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says this, However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no minds have conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed, everyone say revealed, has revealed to us by His Spirit. These are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. This is important. The revelation gifts are available. The, there's words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and discerning of spirit. And let's dive into the first one, words of wisdom. Words of wisdom, it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8, where it says, To one there is given through the Spirit a message or a word or words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. Let me tell you what it's not first, and then we'll kind of describe what it is. When you have a word of wisdom, it does not mean that you are being wise about all manner of things. Think of the person in your life that is the most wise. The person that is, maybe you're sitting next to them, you know, someone that really has a sense and is super wise. I can think, I mean, I'm looking at some wise people here. But just because you're wise does not mean that you are operating in the word or words of wisdom. Words of wisdom, a word of wisdom is a, look at this, God-given who gives it? God. Supernatural. So it goes above that ceiling of the natural, right? Supernatural. It's a God-given supernatural revelation or word about, and this is key, a future event that has not occurred. It's about the future, a word of wisdom. You say, well, why would God give such a gift? 
Well, oftentimes he gives a word of wisdom in order to give warning. Or he prompts us to seek his will. And in regards to the warning side of things, it gives us opportunity to either prepare or to avoid the circumstance that was predicted or you know, given in the word of wisdom uh, to avoid it through prayer. The idea is found in Romans 4.17, that calling things that are not or not yet into existence. It's a word of wisdom, and it helps with those types of things. And let me just say this. We need this gift to be active in our lives. Dads, we need words of wisdom Moms, you need words of wisdom. Students, you need words of wisdom. If you are breathing, you could benefit from operating with words of wisdom. Now let me give you an example, a couple examples in Scripture where we find words of wisdom being seen. First of all, in Genesis chapter 6. How many have heard the story of Noah and the ark, right? You know the story, right? It was revealed to Noah that a flood was coming. And what's crazy is they, it may not have even rained before the flood. And so there was, there was an understanding to some level, but there was certainly a step-by-step process that the Lord helped Noah to be able to accomplish. And the word of wisdom was to warn Noah, right? And what did Noah do? He prepared over time. And it says in in, uh, Genesis chapter 6, I think three or four times, that Noah did everything that God commanded. So there was this word of wisdom to a warning to prepare, and Noah did. He was obedient, and he listened to the word of wisdom. That's one example. Another example is seen in Psalms. A couple different places in Psalms. David is prophesying, right? He's giving a word of wisdom. He's saying that the the Messiah, that Jesus is coming. And again, in these cases, the purpose was to be a witness, to make a difference. And you say, well, isn't that just prophecy? And yes, in these cases, in uh, Psalm 2 and in Psalm 22 as well, it's definitely prophetic. And oftentimes, there's a combination of the spiritual gifts. We talked about that last week. Oftentimes, several are at work at the same time. In my understanding, with the word of wisdom versus prophecy, you can give a word of wisdom, and it's not a prophecy. But if you're being used in the gift of prophecy, absolutely, 100% of the time, a word of wisdom is being used as well. And it's kind of fun to think about in those cases. And the goal with a word of wisdom is to be sensitive to that still, small voice of God. And you can hear the still, small voice of God. God can give you, if you're a believer, if you've got Jesus in your heart, if you're saved, God can give you a word of wisdom about a future event and bring warning to friends or a family. Warnings about a job change. Words of wisdom in regards to these things. And let me just say, dads, when the, you experience and act in a, with words of wisdom and the Holy Spirit's moving in that way, it takes your parenting to a different level. And I don't know about you, sometimes parenting is tough. We need words of wisdom here. I wanted you to turn to uh, second, or First Corinthians chapter two again, and I know we read a couple verses, but I'm just going to kind of close this section with reading from verse four to verse twelve. Kind of follow along, and maybe you might want to underline a few things. It says this: This is Paul talking to the church at Corinth. He says, "My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words." but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power, God's wisdom. Verse 6, We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. So we're not talking about worldly wisdom here. 
We know we declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden and that God designed or destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, it is written, we read this earlier, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no mind or human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things, again, that God has revealed to us by His Spirit. I got that underlined and highlighted in my Bible. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. A couple more verses. For who knows a person's thought accepts his own spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world. This is not human uh, or the worldly, but the Spirit who is from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us. Again, we need this gift to be active in our church and in our lives. Words of wisdom. Let's move to the second revelation gift. Words of knowledge. It's found rooted in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8, that says this, to another a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. You can uh, note that in your scripture. What is a word of knowledge? It is not, number one, same as the word of wisdom. A word of wisdom is about future things. Everyone say future things. And it's also not someone who is knowledgeable in many things. Just because you're smart or just because you've gained a lot of knowledge in the natural does not mean that you are working with a gift of knowledge. That's important. Now I know we've got some smart people here, and we don't minimize your smartness, but a word of knowledge is different than being smart. In fact, a word of knowledge is a God-given. Who gives it? God-given, supernatural, above that realm of the natural, revelation or word of knowledge or information about Listen, about past or about current events. And it's only at work or only seen when there's no other way of what is being seen could have been known. And it's knowledge that comes from God. It's powerful. And oftentimes it comes from God by an impression Many times it comes when we're praying or interceding, and it's to build up the body of Christ, and it absolutely can be a witness to outsiders. And you say, well, why would God give a gift like this? What's the reason? Well, oftentimes it's for witnessing purposes within the body and outside of the body of Christ. And again, it's about current issues or past issues. Previously, things that were unknown to you, the Holy Spirit reveals those things, and then we are called to speak those things. And often, when we get a word of knowledge, there is a sense of urgency to pray. Words of knowledge are absolutely important. And there are some examples in Scripture that I'll give you. First one is John chapter 4, the woman at the well. You know the story. Jesus shows up. He asks the woman to get her some water, to get him some water. She does that. And then in the course of conversation, Jesus understands that she does not uh, have a husband, but she has been married five times. She's had five husbands, and the Holy Spirit reveals that to Jesus, and he acknowledges that. Why would that be important? When, when that conversation, at that moment, something changed in the conversation, where she was serving, and she enjoyed the conversation, but all of a sudden, it took it to another level. She's saying, whoa, how did he know? Well, it was a word of knowledge about her past. And what was the reason? To be a witness to her and to her community. The result is that people in that story came and flooded to Jesus and they were saved. She believed in Jesus. 
Her family did. Her, her neighbors did because of a word of knowledge. This is a powerful, powerful gift. Another example is in Acts chapter 10. A couple uh, different words of knowledge happening at the same time. And by the way, we read this in our soap reading this week, if you're following along. That on the first side, Cornelius, he sends for a man in Joppa uh, for Simon Peter. And he has, through a word of knowledge, he understands that Peter, the apostle Peter, is with Simon the tanner. And the Lord reveals that to him through a word of knowledge. On the same time, Peter is up on the rooftop, right? He's in Joppa, and he has a vision, kill and eat, kill and eat, kill and eat, three times. You might know the story. And then a word of knowledge comes to Peter that pretty much at the same time, coinciding with what's happening with Cornelius, and the word of knowledge for Peter was that three men were coming and looking for him, and he was to not hesitate, and he was to go with them. A word of knowledge. And we saw that in our soap reading this week. Many times when there's a word of knowledge, like I mentioned earlier, there's an impression to pray, to pray for someone. I believe there are car wrecks that are avoided, trials and turmoil and sin that is avoided when a word of knowledge is given and you pray through. It's an important gift. In prayer meetings, in the worship setting, last Wednesday night, there were some words of knowledge happening here in, in regards to suicide and in regards to depression and kind of a weight that was being lifted. That was words of knowledge that were active in the service. If you were here, you got to experience that. But I want you to know it can happen not only here at the altar or in a worship setting, it can happen in your day-to-day. -day. And again, we need to be listening this week, I, was, I met with a, a man that I don't really know his story all that well. And it was interesting. As he was sharing, and he had some concerns, and, and he was sharing a story that had happened a couple years previous. And all of a sudden, I felt in the spirit, I'm, I, and I don't know anything about this guy, really. And I said, you were, I, this is the thought, that he had been drinking and that he had been smoking marijuana. And I'm like, all right, that's weird, as he's telling this story. And I said to him, I said, hey, were you drinking and smoking marijuana it, when this was all happening? And he says, he says, yes, I was. He said, how, do, how would you have known that? And I said, I don't know. I said, I, the Lord just kind of put that in my heart. And then we moved on in the conversation, and I believe the Lord gave me that word of knowledge to help the circumstances, to help be able to understand, to open up his heart to receive from the Lord. It's a powerful gift. And you think, man, that happens to the pastor. No, it can happen to you as well. And don't be freaked out by it. It's not like you get the whole picture. Oftentimes you get just a piece of the puzzle. It's just enough to say, you know what? The Lord, he's watching out for you. And so it's not like you go around and you're like, hey, I can see everything you've done. Don't avoid the pastor because that's not true. And, uh, and, and dads, I just want to speak to the fathers here. This is a helpful, a super valuable gift. Um, do we have time? Oh, we do. Good. We, I want to give you a couple examples. I, well, first of all, let me just say, with both of my kids, Logan and with Reagan, um, both of them, we have dealt with issues just like any other family. And we, Jessica and I, have had words of knowledge and words of wisdom. And often those will go hand in hand where you have something about a current event or a past event, something that the Lord is revealing, but then also a word about the future, which is the word of wisdom. They often go hand in hand. And in, and in both of our kids' sakes, we have had words of knowledge that we could not have known what was happening. And wisdom for the future, things that were not happening at that point, but were going to happen, and it was super helpful. Let me give you an example in my life, um, and so I just want you to know that as parents, you have the ability to tap into these spiritual gifts. It's important, but uh, I want to give you two stories. My mom, she is a spiritual woman, and uh, she had been used many times in words of knowledge. And, uh, and I, I remember one time very specifically, and I think I've shared this before, but I've sensed to, sell, to, to uh, tell it again. When I was 16 years old, 
our youth group went to Cedar Point. We live in the Detroit area. So it was about a three and a half hour drive home. And you know how it is after Cedar Point. You're just exhausted. And I'm on the bus and just hanging out and just like dead tired and sleeping half the way home. We get home. I'm a new driver. I roll into my car and I pull out onto the street. And our church was kind of out in the uh, sticks a little bit in Rochester and kind of out, uh, outside of the city a little bit. And I pulled out into the oncoming lane of traffic and kind of heading up a little hill. I didn't go over far enough. It was dark. I was groggy. And all of a sudden, another car comes up over the hill and the lights are coming right at me. And it was only by God's grace that we missed each other. I, it was like I could almost feel the car. We, it was so close that we, it was a near collision. When we got home, my mom was up, and it was like after 1 o'clock, and we're saying, we, you know, normally she'd be sleeping, and she had been woken up 15 to 20 minutes earlier and had a word of knowledge to pray for her kids. And she prayed, and she prayed through, and I believe that word of knowledge potentially saved my life. It's a powerful gift. Now, a word of knowledge is not the same thing that my mom also did. Uh, I've told this story before, too, where my sisters and I, or my one sister and I, we had snuck into a movie to, to watch a movie, and it wasn't like a bad movie. We snuck in to see Free Willy. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's embarrassing to say that, I know. Um, and, uh, and we, I mean, I felt bad about it, but my, we were with some other friends, and we all snuck in. And in uh, about a week later, my mom came to us, and she pretended to have a word of knowledge. And she, I mean, she real she says, "Hey, you guys snuck into the movie, and you're going back. You have to pay for the movie, and you need to apologize." And that was tough. And and she didn't make my friends do it. She just made me and my sister do it. And it was just the way it was. And I always thought, man, my mom, she is so connected. And I found we found out later that it wasn't a word of knowledge. It was the gift of snooping. <laughs> she had read my sister's journal, and my sister had journaled about this. And I know what some of you kids are thinking. A journal is sacred. Moms and dads aren't allowed to read journals, and I would say absolutely not. Parents, anything in your home is free game. Have at it. Nothing is sacred. <laughs> Am I right? I hope so. <laughs> anyway, so the word of knowledge is not the gift of snooping. All right, okay. All right, words of wisdom, words of knowledge. We got one more uh, discerning of spirits. This is the last revelation gift, and this is huge. It's rooted in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, that says, To another distinguishing between spirits. What is discerning of spirits not? It is not the gift of discernment. It's really important. It is not mind reading or the gift of suspicion. Discerning of spirits is a God-given. Who gives it? A God-given supernatural revelation or ability to discern what spirit is behind a behavior or action. The idea is what is motivating behind the scenes from a spiritual standpoint. That's what discerning of spirits is. And when I think of discerning of spirits, I think of our five senses. We have the sense of touch and taste and smell and hearing and sight, right? This is another dimension. It's almost like a telescope brings in close, you know, what is out in the distance. You can't even see, and a telescope brings it in to, to view. Or on the other side, a microscope, something you can't see on your own, but it brings it to life by the power of magnification. And what the discerning of spirits does, it takes what's already happening, what's already existing, and it brings it to light. It's an incredible gift. It's a divine gift to understand the spirit motivating an action. And it's super valuable. 
And by the way, I think this gift, and there's one other gift as well, that are always on. It's always on. It's If you are sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is doing, this is a gift you can tap into all the time. The purpose, the why behind it is the idea found in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, that there's a dividing between soul and spirit. And oftentimes, this gift is given for protection's sake, or maybe it's for uh, protecting in a leadership appointment, or uh, there's, there's so many reasons why uh, that can happen. Uh, there's examples in Scripture in Jesus' ministry, certainly uh, examples like in Matthew chapter 8 where Jesus saw someone that was being possessed or that was uh, demonized or you know, had demons and uh, there were certainly evil spirits happening. He discerned what the spirits were and then he cast those demons out. But it's not just Jesus that had that gift or that ability. Uh, the apostles did, and I, I believe that we can move in the gift of the discerning of spirits as well. Let me give you an example. This was in our soap reading as well this week. In Acts chapter 8, we see Peter is able to see or to discern the spirit that is behind what's motivating Simon the magician to say, hey, I want to buy that spiritual gift. Let me, let me set up the story. The apostles are ministering, they're working, and the gifts of the Spirit are flowing. And there's this guy, he's a magician, his name is Simon, Simon the sorcerer, Simon the magician. And he's kind of watching from a distance, and he's saying, man, I, I would like that. Look at, at verse 18, it says, When Simon saw that the Spirit was given to, at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money. He saw something happen. And I believe that he saw them speak in other tongues uh, in, that, in that case. He says, Give me this ability also, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. And, what, and Peter, at this point, he discerns the spirit behind this, what's motivating Simon the sorcerer. And he says, Peter answered, May your money perish with you because you thought that you could buy the gift of God with money, which we know you can't. He says, You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. He discerned that. The, and then he says, repent of your wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. And look what he says, verse 23, for I see, this is the discerning of the Spirit, that you, that you are full of bitterness and are captive to sin. He discerned the Spirit of bitterness and the spirit of sin in his life. I can't underestimate how valuable this particular gift is. I want to speak to the fathers again in the room because it's Father's Day. You can discern what's happening in the spirit in your family. The Holy Spirit can reveal it. Spirit of pride. He can reveal a spirit of depression, a spirit of fear, a spirit of anger, a spirit of lying, a spirit of mammon, which is an unhealthy desire for money. He can reveal spirit of lust. He can reveal things, and absolutely he does when we're sensitive. And I would say, just like I said, with the word of wisdom and word of knowledge, how the Holy Spirit has revealed things to Jessica and me as parents, for Reagan and Logan both, the Holy Spirit has helped us discern, at times, the spirit that's happening behind. We've asked the Lord specifically for revelation knowledge in regards to raising our kids. What is happening in the spirit realm? What is motivating the behavior? What is motivating the action? What's happening? And at times, we pray, we've had to pray those spirits out of our home. And that's the honest truth. The Lord has helped us because we have declared in our home that Satan has no authority. Amen? And you can do the exact same thing. It's not just because I'm a pastor. Listen, these gifts are for 
the saints for each and every one of us. Again, what does the Holy Spirit do? He breaks through, brings heaven to earth to help us to build the church to be a witness. Now, with spiritual gifts, we talked about mistakes. And last time I spoke, I shared some mistakes that I had made with the gift of faith and gave gift of uh, miraculous uh, powers. You say, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm discerning something and I'm off? And I would just say, take the pressure off. Give it a try. And my guess is that you will grow in this. And we'll talk about that in a second. But there's a story where my dad, it's Father's Day. I got to tell, talk about my dad, which I love my dad. He's a spiritual giant and uh, he is just a man of God and I love him dearly. But my dad, uh, he missed it one time in regards to discerning of the spirits. And uh, he actually tried to cast a demon right out of me. And I didn't have a demon. Let me tell you the story. Let me tell you the story. I lived in the basement. My dad was upstairs. He got up every morning, like 3.30 in the morning, and he had to leave for work at about 4 because he started at 5. And, and uh, one day, I don't know why, I was awake at you know 3.30 in the morning, but I tiptoed up the steps, and, and he's in the kitchen, and he was doing his Bible reading and reading and kind of uh, drinking his coffee, eating his breakfast. And I tiptoed up, and around the corner, right where he was, let's just say this was the corner, that's where we hung our keys that were headed outside the door, you know, for our cars. And I thought, I don't know why I thought this, but I thought it'd be funny to just jingle those keys and then just get real quiet. And I did it again. And I was quiet. On the third time I did it, my dad backed up his chair he turned around and he said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And he cast the demon right out of the house. <laughs> and, uh, and now, did I have a demon? I don't think so. But, uh, but, you know, we take spiritual authority. Amen? All the dads in the room, you have a spiritual authority in your home. And it's super, super valuable. All right, let's wrap this up. Last time we were together, I said there were six tips to recognize the Spirit's leading. They're actually in the Goodbye Chicken, Hello Dove uh, book. And we talked about three of those previously, and we're not going to hit those again. But there are two more that I'd like to just describe here as we bring this to a close. The first one is that it is a developing process. This is whole thing, learning to uh, understand the, the gifts of the Spirit, recognizing the Spirit at work. It's a developing process. And I like how Tim Enloe talks about it. How many have ever used a Polaroid camera before? Okay. So the Polaroid, the film comes out and you can't see anything, right? And it takes some time. You got to, you know, shake it or whatever. You wait and all of a sudden it's kind of revealed. Well, the Holy Spirit, when he's working, often there's a developing or a, a developing process. And you get a piece of the story. And only Jesus is the one who has the full measure and knows everything. But there's an example uh, in Paul's life in Acts chapter 27. And it's kind of described in the book where he has a message of wisdom about the future. And then a little bit later, he has more revelation the develop of the story. And let me just show it, share it with you. Acts chapter 27, verse 10. Paul began to admonish the group that was on the, on the, um, the ship with him. They're on a voyage going to Rome. It says, Men, I perceive that the voyage will certainly be with damage and great loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. There was a word of wisdom that God had given him in regards to their future. And he shared that. Well, then just a few verses later, another word of wisdom comes. And uh, Tim Ellis says, however, after some time had elapsed and had more time to pray and more time to reflect, greater clarity was given to him. And then it goes on. And, and so later in that same chapter, it says, yet now I urge you to keep up your courage. For there will be no loss of life among you. This is in uh, chapter 27, verse 22 verse through 24. Only of the ship. 
For this very night, an angel of God, whom, uh, of, to whom I belong and to whom I serve, stood before me, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar, and behold, God has granted you all those who are sailing with you. In other words, they're going to be safe. A word of wisdom. And see how it progressed? See how it developed? There was a piece of the story, and then momentarily after that, some more prayer, some more discerning, another piece of the story came. And so we say there, it's a developing thing. And so we got to be patient with it. The other thing Tim and Lois says is that it's, it grows with experience. These gifts grow with experience. And because of that, just like when you play sports or when you play an instrument, you need to practice these gifts. You need to seek God and grow in these experiences. And again, this is a safe place to practice the presence of God. The example he gives is in Samuel chapter 3, where Samuel you know, doesn't really recognize the voice of God initially, but over time, he understands and grows, and the Lord confirmed him as a prophet. But at the beginning, he didn't even understand that it was God speaking to him, saying, Samuel, right? And it comes, and it grows with experience. Now, I want everyone to stand right where you are. We are hungry for everything that God has for us here at the Gateway Church. And whether this is your first time or you've been here through the whole series, I want to invite you to an idea that as we spend time in the presence of God, that these spiritual gifts are absolutely available and readily available at that. And it's as we give our all, as we surrender our lives to the Lord, that God can take us, mold us, challenge us to be used in these gifts. I hope and pray that there's a stirring in your heart to be used in these spiritual gifts. You need it, just like I do. We need these gifts. And we can experience these gifts at work as we grow in our relationship with the Lord. So I'm just curious, how many of you here are hungry for more of God in your life? I want you just to lift up your hand and just keep it up for a second. Yeah. I thought there was a hunger here. Just keep your hand up for a moment. ourselves to be used in the gifts of the Spirit. And this is not scary. It's not something that we should fear. This is something powerful for every single believer. And we want to engage with you. We want to encourage these gifts to be active in your life. Fathers that are here, you need these gifts of revelation that we're this morning. The church needs the power gifts to be at work. The church needs the gifts of inspiration that we'll talk about next Sunday, Lord willing. These are gifts for us to build up the body, to be a witness so we can make a difference. But you can only receive these gifts and be used in these gifts 
you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with the Lord, or maybe you're away from God in some way, and the Holy Spirit's kind of pounding in your heart even at this moment, and you know you need to get your life right with Jesus, you need to surrender, you need to be saved. I'm going to pray a prayer, and I want you to make this prayer in a group this size, there's no doubt that there are those here that need to be saved or to be recommitting their life to the Lord. So as I pray this prayer, I want you to make it your own. Father, in Jesus' name, I am sorry for the things I've done wrong. I've walked away, and I want to come back. Jesus, save me. Take away my sin. Make me clean. Holy Spirit, wash my heart. Put your spirit in me, Lord, I pray. I believe that you died on the cross, that you took our sin. And Lord, I confess my sin to you. I lay it down. And I'm asking, Lord, that you would help me to live for you all the days your prayer, if you prayed along or if you say, man, that was my prayer, I want to meet you here in just a moment. We've got two tables on the sides of the altars right under these big screens where we have some next steps for you. We've got some tools that are going to help you, just some simple things to, to do in your walk with the Lord. If you are recommitting your life to the Lord and if you are, have, are saying, man, I've never given my heart to Jesus and that I just, I'm just saying that prayer for the first time, I want you to meet us at one of these two tables. I'm going to be over here. Pastor Bobby will make his way here. And we're just going to wait there. We'll wait. You just make your way when people leave here in just a second. And uh, let's let's get this started right. And I believe that, that uh, the Lord's going to help you in that. Amen. Father, I pray that you'd go before us, behind us, and all around us. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Go in the grace of God. If this is your first Sunday, visit us at the Connection Center. We'd love to meet you. Make yourself known. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegatewaygh.com.